Uh, get together to hate on the U.S. I mean, what have we ever done to anyone? Yeah, America, besides, America bad. Besides tell everybody their own business. And also, like, nuclear weapons. From, like, a philosophical standpoint, I understand the development of nuclear weapons. Because, one, what if Germany got them first and we knew Germany was working on them? And two, the, well, two times they've been used, they did and much greater bloodshed likely avert it yeah, yeah probably on the other hand oh my god <laughs> what have we done this is fucking insane rumor has it that oppenheimer's rated r is in the movie killing murphy just walks around with a huge boner the whole time <laughs> it's rated r for radiation <laughs> rated r for three six rontgen <laughs> <laughs> we rate this three six rankin not not bad not mm-hmm. good not bad not bad enough to kill oh well, why is everyone dead anyways hey welcome to episode 82 of the handsome hockey podcast uh where if you notice any delays in our speeches today that's because we're watching the end of game three of the stanley cup finals as we record so um it's muted we can't tell what everybody is saying all the glowing things they're saying about sasha barkov's smile but uh just know that we if there are any awkward pauses and i'll leave them in while editing it's because (laughs) something has happened in the game yeah i mean the last awkward pause was just Paul Maurice yelling, yeah. as one does. And you're just like, nobody likes you. <laughs> um, anyways, my name is Jake. Across from me is... Evan! And we are coming to you from a slightly overcast Portland, Oregon. Uh, it was actually, temperature-wise, it was a nice day. I like that we start the podcast off with letting everybody know the weather in Portland, mm-hmm. Oregon. Like, So the people who are listening to us in like Germany are like... Why do I care? Get to the hockey. Talk about cider. Um, one quick note to get out of the way. Um, we're just I Boston. The Boston Pride signed Brittany Howard, um, who was the fifth leading scorer in all of the PHF last season, because of course they did. Yeah, mean. Yeah, the, like the rest of the league is like, yeah, we're really going to gear up. Oh fuck me again. Right. Yeah. It's- you, it's inevitable yeah the they are uh assembling talent like uh the traveling wilburys and <laughs> oh man if anybody gets that reference i'm gonna be pretty proud of them yeah i was gonna say i the, that went over my head i was gonna say assembling talent like a like a dave Grohl super group sticking with uh women's hockey big news out of harvard a uh, story we covered several episodes ago mm-hmm and by several, I mean probably like four, because that's how how loosey goosey our recording <laughs> schedule has been. But uh, uh, yeah, this is a, an update yeah. to a previously recorded story. At one point in the game on Monday, it was dropping the puck for a faceoff, and he was like, "He's like, man, you guys are playing really good tonight. Like, this is the best I've seen you play." And he dropped the puck, and I lost the faceoff, and I said, 
I was like, you see what you maybe did? I didn't have a, a good comeback, and then I lost the face <laughs> off. And he just cackled, and I skated off. Look what you made me do. Yeah, this is all your fault. Look what you made me do. Oh, God. Taylor. T-Swift. America's finest. Anyways, the big story coming out of women's hockey this uh, this past, well, like three weeks since we last recorded, is Katie Stone, the the embattled head coach of Harvard women's hockey has retired after 27 seasons. You could say that uh, she ends the Katie stone era. Yeah. They're going into a bronze age now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Maybe right, medieval what? or was iron age after the stone age. I don't know. Maybe it could be a dark age because well, she was very, very good at her job on the hockey side of things. Yeah. Also, seemingly very awful towards a lot of her players yeah and i mean that's gonna be maybe a a theme in this episode is uh coaches being awful to players and the consequences therein um as sean magando the athletic pointed out this week um there are a lot of awful coaches that have done a lot of winning in sports over the years yeah i think katie stone is probably the next coach of the columbus blue jackets (laughs) unconfirmed reports (laughs) um so for those of you who aren't uh in the know i believe it was katie strang and Haley salvian did Mm -hmm. the reporting on this uh, originally coming out in the athletic and also the boston globe harvard women's team has uh allegedly has a very long list of uh abuses put upon the players by coaches and you know like probably assistant coaches and it seems like the and i, I think like leadership senior players team, yeah and yeah it, it, the coaches were sort of responsible also for pitting players against each other and uh i think the standout things i remember were fines for very trivial things um and then and then the the, the bleeding nipples yeah the, naked the, the, the whole skate. The, the naked skate and slides and bleeding nipples yeah which nobody wants of of any sex or gender nobody wants bleeding nipples no definitely not um and so this uh obviously comes as no surprise uh that harvard apparently is just kind of letting them step away with dignity instead of outright firing them the harvard way this obviously is a good thing you know uh, while Katie Stone's numbers and record show that she's, I believe, the winningest female coach in college hockey history, mm-hmm. uh, while the numbers show that she's been, you know, one of the more decorated coaches in the history of the sport, uh, that's all kind of passe when you consider the accusations against her and the how she ran her team yeah one kind of wonders you know what undergirded all that success was it a lot of pain and trauma on the count of your players i mean yes times have changed in the scheme of things uh while she's been coaching um but it sounds like a lot of people have had to deal with some pretty negative interactions with and because of her. Yeah. And as history has shown us, I'm going to make this joke again. You either change with the moving times 
or you get hired by the Columbus Blue Jackets, <laughs> which I think is a penance. Like, you're doing a hard time if you're living in fucking Ohio. <laughs> um, but, like, I mean, it's the home of rape enabler Jim Jordan. So, uh, anyways. As someone uh, pointed out to me making a joke about Ohio and homophobia, someone said, uh, Columbus actually has a really big gay population. And I was like, yeah, and... Do you think that they're are, just treated perfectly yeah. all are, the time? Are they out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is it like a, a back alley symposium of gays like hiding and cr- like scurrying like roaches whenever the, the lights come on? Because they know they're going to get beaten up by Ohio State football <laughs> players. Um, so to kind of close this chapter at, at much as Katie Stone has closed her own chapter. Hopefully this just means good things for Harvard women's hockey moving forward. Um, There's a whole lot of bad blood and a lot of bad, like kind of just juju going around that program. Hopefully whoever they bring in is able to rectify that and really start a new culture there, a culture of both winning and also of, you know, camaraderie and, uh, you know, not, hazing and terrorizing your players you're at two t-swift references by the way now good because of bad blood yeah so speaking of taylor swift uh one of the popular anti-heroes in hockey got traded this week ivan my religion promotes hatred Pravarov, was sent in a very complicated trade to what's probably about the Trumpiest team in the NHL, at least that we know of. Um, but also just because it resides in the state that we like to talk the most shit about. Um, and Jarmo Kekalainen has bought himself an interesting conundrum in that, you know, is he a decent NHL player or could he be again? Probably. But, uh, you've also brought in one of the biggest headaches, I guess, in contemporary hockey culture. What do you make of it? Uh, I mean, let's kind of digest the trade a little bit first. Yeah. It's really fucking complicated. It's like, now I understand why three team trades don't happen in the NHL because this shit is breaking my brain just to read how the Kings, Columbus, and Philly pulled this off. The Columbus Blue Jackets, out of all of this, all they got was Ivan Provorov. The LA Kings got Hayden Hod- Hodgson and Kevin Connaughton, who are... Those are some names. They're AHLers. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, they're basically like make-weights for the trade. Most importantly, they got rid of Cal Peterson's contract. Yes. Uh, Philadelphia acquired Cal Peterson, Sean Walker and Helgi Grenz, who I believe Corey Promen says is like a possible NHLer, but he's kind of on the fringe. Hmm. Uh, they also got a 2023 first round pick from LA, a 2024 or 2025 conditional second round pick and LA's 2024 second round pick. So, first off, Philly wins this trade. Uh, yeah, I mean, they. some people have them saying they overpaid f- for 
some draft picks, but how? Well, because Cal, <laughs> because Cal Peterson is not really a NHL caliber goaltender. He's really he's a reclamation project for sure. Sure, and but Philly's not going to have cap concerns anytime soon. No, and rumor has it that they're going to move on from Carter Hart, and so the true shape of a tank for all seasons uh, is starting to take shape. <laughs> I think the, I mean, you get three high end draft picks. Uh, one of which is a first round pick in a loaded 2023 draft. Excuse me. You get Sean Walker, who is a very serviceable NHL defenseman and probably might be actually a little bit better in Philly because he was playing way down the lineup in in LA. You get a possible NHLer in Helgi Granz, and you know you, you take on Cal Peterson's contract, which is five million a year for the next two years, I believe. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, you're not competing for the Stanley Cup in the next two years. No. So what does it matter? Uh, I, I think this is a really shrewd move by Danny Briere. Yeah. And to say, you know, he got to say to one of the toxic assets, uh, we are never, ever getting back together. I really love where this is going. Uh, so really like kudos to Danny Briere, Daniel Briere. Uh, you know, this time when he spoke in public, it wasn't to apologize for his shitty kid. It was to, <laughs> Uh, explain how he kind of fleeced two of the more respected GMs in the league. Um, I think the thing that hasn't been talked about so much is that this feels like a desperation move from Jarmo. I think. I mean, maybe he just loved in Provrov enough to say, you belong with me. <sighs> the... The thing about this is with the the deals that GM Jarmo Kekalainen has has made in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. especially bringing in Gaudreau, that's a win now move. Resigning Patrick Laine, signing Wierenski to that huge deal. Uh, you getting rid of Seth Jones, yeah, which was statistically smart. Um, and actually maybe made him more fantasy relevant. Um, yeah. You are putting a lot of your chips in for now when you were the next to worst team in the league last year. And I mean, I think it's a bit of a small market. Like they need to compete for eyeballs in that sports environment. Uh, and yeah, it's Ohio state big gap. Columbus. (laughs) I mean, yeah, Ohio University probably like is more popular. Bowling Green. Home of the RAR cats. I want to know, yeah, how the Mac schools do in terms of like viewership numbers compared to the the NHL franchise. True story. I at one point was running an unsanctioned Ohio football blog. (laughs) Why? Just to make fun of Ohio State. That's funny. I had a lot of free time in grad school. Uh, I see. So it was like Mac school fan fiction. Yeah, it was great. Oh, there's a post about uh, Brutus Buckeye being uh, the gimp from (laughs) Pulp Fiction. It's great. It's really great. 
anyways, <laughs> the punishment for all of this is that Mike Babcock is the presumed next head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, you guys, did you know that I'm going to coach the Columbus Blue Jackets in the NHL this year? Uh, this sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm uh, so disappointed by this. For, for anybody that wants s- people that do bad things to suffer any sort of consequences, yeah, um, Babcock's got a bad reputation. Um, and <laughs> You're on fire tonight. A lot of it's deserved. Uh, a lot of it, a lot of his reputation was built on the back of uh, a GM assembling a team that was very good that he got to make himself look good with. Uh, and then after Nicholas Lidstrom called it a career, he never really regained the same success. Um, it's a curious hire because Babcock's not known for developing young talent and Columbus needs to develop its young talent in order to be good. Um, and it has a number of stars that don't profile as your typical Mike Babcock type players. Um, but one also sort of assumes that, you know, maybe he might have learned some things in getting dismissed by Toronto and going to wherever the fuck he was in Saskatchewan and now finally making his way back into the NHL. At least one hopes. One hopes that this isn't going to be just awful for Johnny Gaudreau because, well, Johnny Gaudreau's cute and doesn't deserve that. What we're what we're witnessing here is a real end game from Jarmo Kekalayan and mm-hmm. he's looking at the NHL landscape and looking at the city of Columbus. And he's saying, Hey, this is me trying. (laughs) And this is kind of a a spiral towards the, like the inevitable demise of the Columbus blue jackets, I think. Yeah. Or at least the, the Jarmo Kekline and lead blue blue jackets. And I mean, if, and when it happens, it'll be sad because I just love saying GM Jarmo. Yeah. It's like rolls off the, fucking tongue so well um when he gets fired though he will put his hands up and he'll say hey don't blame me and it'll be karma (laughs) just we're having a great time i haven't heard anything out of the players reaction to this yet i think orensky said something positive um and there was some supposition that maybe the ian provrov deal um was on account of Babcock, because apparently Babcock was very in on trying to draft him back when he was in Toronto. Um, but one gets the feeling that the Blue Jackets players will look back on this and say, I knew you were trouble. They'll probably say that after the season that it felt like death by a thousand cuts. <laughs> thousand fucking like shot block drills, more likely. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I think by the time that, you know, they uh, I think by the time that Jim Jarmo is long gone and Mike Babcock is long gone, the fans of Columbus will say, you know, I forgot that you existed. (laughs) 
talking about let's get to good things in hockey most notably the stanley cup finals are going on uh we've we noted earlier that we were watching game three of the finals that game is now over uh if you're listening to this later and don't want any spoiler alerts hit that 15 second fast forward button uh but florida won three to two in overtime um i feel like you didn't give them much time to hit that 15 second Sucks they, suck. they need to be fucking faster. <laughs> like, um, yeah, and and honestly, like doing that was was better than revenge. Ah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Carter Hagee scored in overtime, and we get bonus hockey at this late stage in the game. Uh, I think that's what us not particularly fans of either team are rooting for it's just more stuff on the ice for us to watch yeah more hockey uh is is always preferred to less hockey <laughs> and considering uh from a hockey watching standpoint uh it gets really boring until october from a hockey like news and happening standpoint we get free agency mm-hmm. we get from a podcasting standpoint this is it we're entering a good time but from a like hockey enjoyment like, it's just me watching other beer league games at the places <laughs> I play, and that's not always as riveting as you might think it was. So speaking of enjoyment, uh, also the enjoyment of the series goes up a lot with this one win by the Panthers. A, a 2-1 series lead going back to Florida to play game four is a whole lot more interesting than the 3-0 trying to avoid a sweep. Um I think Florida finally found a gear, maybe got a bounce. I think Vegas has shown that they're still a bit of the better team, but you can tell that Katie's like playing on home ice. After the first two games, it there was genuine consternation amongst the hockey lovers and all of us that this series might be over in four. Yeah, because Vegas just looked the part of the better team, especially in game two when they opened up a can of whoop ass on Florida. Yeah. That game was over within like 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> and Florida that was with Matthew Kachuk trying his damnedest to end Jack Eichel's night early. Instead he ended his own early. <laughs> yeah. A- as he is bound to do from time to time. Interesting thing is that, you know, you can see from the huge hit that he sprung on Eichel that, Eichel kind of falls into it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's no, luckily there's no head contact. Like it could have been a whole lot worse. If Eichel's fall, one wonders it was a reaction to seeing this hit coming and he sort of tries to scram out of the way or whatnot. But um, he got leveled and then got up like screaming, which was crazy. Um, Especially because, he didn't think it was a dirty hit. Like in the press later, he's saying, no, it's an absolutely clean hit. But he, like, yeah. I don't know. He must've gotten the wind knocked out of him or something. Cause he just did not look in a good way. I think the only reason it looks as bad as it did. I mean, it was going to be a big hit regardless. Sure. Um, but when Eichel tripped or fell or lunged or whatever the fuck was going on, that made it a lot worse mm-hmm. and it could have, it could have been really bad, but you can't fault Matthew Kachuk for not 
holding up because how do you hold up? <laughs> like you're going at what 25, 30 miles an hour and you're like the, you are on things that are specifically designed to reduce friction at all costs to the surface mm-hmm. you're on. Like it's there, they're at when you get to the, a certain point an NHL hit is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that point, especially with the game being as fast as it is now, like you have less and less time to a slow up or B avoid. Right. And with Eichel seemingly falling or doing something really stupid to try and avoid the hit. Um, um Matthew Kachuk catches all of him. Like, right. It's a solid crunch. And, I like while watching it, I didn't think it was dirty and I've seen the replay a lot of times. Mm -hmm. I think if that's, if that's Barkov hitting him, we don't even have the discussion of whether it's a dirty hit or not, but because it's Matthew Kachuk, we have that discussion. Well, and he, he blew him up and it sort of looked like there was head contact from the kind of fan angle. Yeah. It looked like the, the, uh, It, it looked like the the secondary contact was the head. The primary contact point was the shoulder, mm-hmm. and then the follow through, which was still Matthew Kachuk's hip. It's well, not like he extended fists or elbows. When you see it in a better angle, there's a lot less head contact than it sort of looks like at first blush. And uh, so, reportedly, the Department of Player Safety has suspended Nazem Kadri ten games. <laughs> Uh, um, uh, my other favorite tidbit from this so far is uh, Jonathan Marcheseau. Jonathan Marcheseau. Uh, chirped one of my other favorite uh, players in this series, Ryan Lomberg, and calls him Little Man. Um, when both players are quite obviously 5'9". <laughs> and like... Well, what can you say when you get two short guys together, sparks fly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, short Kings haven't battled that hard since medieval Europe, but um, I thought it was also very funny. Cause like you can see Nick Hague in the background, just like lurking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and these like two short, short dudes just fighting each other. And he's like eight feet taller than both of them. Yeah. I love that when, whenever Nick Hague is like, gotten hit or face washed or something in this playoffs. He just laughs because yeah. he could just like palm you away from him. I mean, when like Max Domi got him hard, he just started cracking up. Yeah. Like it's like, I can't feel anything that you're doing to me. He's like, you're not as scary as your dad. Get away from me. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. Do you think that Florida is going to be able to, claw back and really make it a series or is this their probably last best gasp against a better Vegas team? I think Vegas is definitely the better team in this matchup. And when, you know, the second Bobrovsky started being less than first three rounds, Bobrovsky, you saw what the outcome was. Now he had a good game tonight. Yeah. It seemed like you found it tonight. And 
if he can continue to find that, then I don't see why not. I also have been completely and totally wrong about all of my prognostications in this these playoffs. And so I don't really even feel like I'm allowed to make them <laughs> at this point. That's not going to stop you. I just want to go home and wrap myself up in a cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, you know, if Florida doesn't win, Bobrovsky's making his case for don't blame me. <laughs> so how did we get here? Well, the conference finals happened, and uh, we're just going to kind of give a little summary of some of the stuff that we enjoyed from the Carolina-Florida series and the uh, uh, Dallas-Golden Knights series on the way to where we are now. Um, Carolina-Florida was interesting until it was over, and... um, like it was both a total domination by Florida and also a really good series. Right. It, it, you know, they swept Carolina and like, I think the, the shock was apparent when Ron Brindamore was talking in the media saying, we, you know, we didn't get swept. Like, yeah, you, you did, bud, you but really we understand, we understand what you're saying, but you did get swept. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it, it was a weird series. It was tight, but Florida managed to eke out four games in a row. And, like, yeah, I feel like Rod's end-of-series press conference kind of put the cherry on top of that whole exercise. Rod was just sad because now he has to go through a cruel summer. <laughs> he does. Um, so, the whole series got started off with a great piece of graphic design by Carolina um, saying here, kitty, kitty. It was really good. Uh, Carolina, and- like as much as like their broadcasts are kind of annoying and their, their social media team is phenomenal. Yeah. Unbelievable. Probably the best in the NHL. Um, So one of the reasons we feel like we have to d- address this series is because this game one was the sixth longest game in NHL history. Uh, they played almost two games. No, they played more than two games. So it went I mean, to it went to the fourth overtime. Fourth game? overtime, yeah, yeah. So they played almost three games. Sorry. Um, I think after. You hit like period five. You just look around and realize like, wow, I'm really in a like a lavender haze. <laughs> and the uh, the Carolina announcer actually apologized to the fans. I think after the second or third overtime, there were people sleeping in the stands. Oh, every small child there was <laughs> passed the fuck out. It was so good. And then, uh, you know, it. They had what looked like an overtime winner um, early on in, I think, overtime one by Lomberg. And then it got waved off for, I think, a pretty curious goaltender interference call. A lot of people are happy with the call, but I'm like, "Eh, I kind of think that that the goalie was selling it at 
some points, I feel like a lot of people were just like, yeah, can we just go back and make that goal count? I want to go to bed. Yeah. My kid is asleep. I still have to drive home. Uh, Like this, this is becoming too much. Correct. Um, Like, could we finish this game? Like, are we out of the woods yet? (laughs) So who else wins it? But Matt Kachuk, who has more overtime winners in these playoffs than some people accumulate in their entire careers. Then some teams accumulate in their entire careers. And he also had the game tying goal tonight. Yeah. uh, And he ended it in game two. Um, And game four, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was a great series by him. Uh, And like, I think going into these finals, it was probably him or Bobrovsky were the leading candidates for the con Smythe. Mm hmm. Maybe not so much anymore. No. Uh, um, <laughs> the Con Smythe meter is uh, going way back and forth all the time these days <laughs> because there are a lot of interesting performances to talk about. Uh, it, it's probably right now it's like a shrug and Jack Eichel? Yeah, like Jack Eichel or Marcheseau. Like Marcheseau's been having an incredible series. I will um, say this. It's I, this is what Eichel's eighth season in the league. Mm-hmm. It's his first playoff appearance, and he has something like the third or fourth most points in a first playoff appearance ever. He's had a really great postseason. Yeah. I think he's on 23 points right now. Like, he's been awesome. Yeah. You know, just can't win with him. He's just not a winner. <laughs> Team killer. Barkov has reemerged. Uh, he was a little bit sleepy, maybe taking a kitten nap early on in the playoffs. Um, he's been scoring and, and looking awesome. He made an incredible move to end a game that even had Gretzky waxing poetic, uh, faking between the legs and then going around the goalie. It was absolutely beautiful. I know we've said this before, but Gretzky is actually really great on television. Yeah, I'm I'm real surprised at how interesting he is yeah yeah it sucks that the great one is great at everything except for running a team yeah coaching maybe went like one of the worst coaches ever yeah but it seems like he was able to shake it off mm-hmm. and really dive into uh being an announcer on the ugly side um i think the series was sealed when a carolina fan threatened the florida team at the airport called in a bomb threat because the hockey gods were instantly displeased and karma came into play. Then Oh no Carolina from there. Right. It it was just like they lost two games and I just want to say that Carolina is actually the title of a Taylor Swift song. And so like you might've not known that, but it's actually, you actually added to the pile tonight yeah really like we're adding a lot to the pile the new name of this episode is the one with all the taylor swift references (laughs) that's cool with me another couple notable items from the series before we switch to the other anthony declare has also been continuing his coming out party um a podcast favorite anthony yeah he's just been He's been an exciting player for a really long time. You know, another guy who was just kind of struggling to put it together as a professional, like had looked awesome at times, but now he's looking like the complete player that he always maybe 
portended to be. Yeah, and like even when he did put it all together, Ottawa was like, eh, nah. I mean, that was, yeah, that was also just Ottawa's tack towards yeah. a lot of its free agents yeah, well, back it was, in the day. Well, it was also like, we don't want to spend money and you're going to cost money. Right. And then he signed that ridiculously cheap contract in Florida. And has been repaying ever since. Paid dividends 10 times over. Um, and then Jacob Slavin got absolutely destroyed by Sam Bennett. One of the best hits of the playoffs. It was, um, it was a murdering, uh, <laughs> a very clean murdering. Yeah. Like, it, like, you know what? And in, in hockey, that is, that is a legitimate hit. That's a legal hit. Right. I, I tell you, I mean, from my perspective, like coming around your own goal, you're not expecting you get laid out like he no. was. And, uh, he, looked like a bag falling off of an airplane cart. Like it was just like, (laughs) that's one of your best analogies in this entire podcast. (laughs) Thank you. It's really good. (laughs) Once Jacob Slavin finally got up, he saw same Sam Bennett and was like, I am right where you left me. (laughs) Um, yeah. One of the things that made, Ryan Lombard kind of on my radar was just his amazing individual back checking effort that led to uh, the series clinching goal. Um, I don't know on what planet he was like a healthy scratch candidate for a while, but the dude has been he's a one, hell of a player. Yeah, he's, he's looked, I don't know, he's been one of the most exciting players in the ice ever since they put him in. And I'm like, well, what was he doing wrong? Like, was his hair too long? Was his man bun too thick? Like, did Only he look he like was in, uh, playing for Lulia Morello? Yeah. I mean, he kind of gives, he, he looks like, like a yoga teacher vibe, like kind of, and he looks like he's like one of the chillest dudes off the ice that definitely doesn't surreptitiously run a pot shop or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Probably it's like him and Joe Thornton. Yeah. Right. That would be great. Imagine Jumbo Joe blunts. Um, so yeah, Vegas, Dallas. Yeah, I think uh, the the thing I'll lead this off with is Jake Ottinger looked human in this series, and I think that was the difference because Aiden sure. Hill did not look like what we think Aiden Hill should look like. No, and I mean, and he's even, continued to not look like yeah. <laughs> the Aiden Hill that was and also ran until he became San Jose didn't want him. Right. They suck. And they were like, ah, no, I mean, that's enough of this. The Coyotes also did not want him. Um, yeah, if we could give the Con Smythe to the Vegas goalie coach at the end of this. Uh, I, I, I think that's maybe the most deserved thing, but that's not how it's done. Unfortunately. Yeah. I, he, they'll just like give him a new contract hopefully. And they're like, yeah, you've earned this. Here's like an extra $50,000. I don't know. I don't know what goalie coaches get paid, but yeah, Anger, I don't know if he looked human or just off or tired or injured. I mean, after it's been what a week since this series ended 
or no, it's been like two weeks since the series ended yeah. because this Stanley Cup final series is like the tantric hockey series. The games are like four days apart. I'm gonna kill. Wait, I gotta wait three more days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Ottinger hasn't been announced to be dealing with, you know, one of the myriad of injuries that playoff hockey players always have to deal with. Um, I still kind of wonder if maybe something's going to come out, but maybe he was just tired. He played a lot this year. He and did. And I loved it as, as fantasy owner. Right. Like it was like hearkening back to fucking bro years. It was just how much the dude was playing. Scott Wedgwood was just wedged on the bench. Wasn't, was which was too bad because he has the best goalie mask in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, which we've talked about earlier, but it, just for those who didn't listen to our last episode, one, shame on you. Two, it's a Ninja Turtles mask. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've now gotten to the Miro Heiskanen appreciation moment. Um, the dude got his face absolutely fucked up and he returned to the game. Um, he, he took a shot to the face, right? Or yeah. bleeding, swollen, reportedly was having trouble eating, sleeping and doing like normal life activities, but he was still playing like 30 minutes a night. <laughs> like the dude is a machine. It and was, it was sad, beautiful tragic uh but ultimately yes you're right he is a machine and i'm glad that we've made it into the miro heiskanen dominance era because um he's got to make up for ryan Suter sucking shit oh that they need to get out of that contract <laughs> so bad i mean it's so bad i feel like they're just gonna like there's like three years left on that deal he's terrible yeah, they're just going to like maroon him across the border or something. Like I he seemingly was on the back end of every highlight in the series versus Vegas. Either having the like broken controller moments on defense and just looking lost or uh just getting absolutely smoked by all of Vegas's forwards. I misspoke. Two more years on that contract. Or just giving the puck away. Yeah. <laughs> um, like that awesome back pass I had to you in our game. <laughs> today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's this Vegas Dallas series where Jonathan Marcheseau really kind of starts to come on and look like he's just everywhere and um, really efficient, really effective. And then we get to the Ben Cross check in game three. As a Dylan Larkin stan, that perfect baby boy, as well as a Red Wings fan, and also just uh, not a big fan of people getting cross-checked in the throat. Well, just like, what fuck the fuck? Jamie Ben. Yeah, just like, what the fuck did he think was going to happen? Um, he probably thought he wasn't going to get penalized for it like the other four times or so he's done it. <laughs> I mean, he did it immediately in front of a ref. Um, it was one of the most blatant attempts to injure a opposing captain I've 
ever seen. And uh, yeah, then he was a little bitch about it after the game. Well, that's all Jamie Benn knows. Right. He's, but uh, he, he didn't talk to the media as the fucking captain. You know, it, if there's someone that needs to own up to something like that, it's the captain. Uh, no, he leaves, gets in his fucking G-Wagon, because of course he's got a G-Wagon. Yeah. Um, and then releases a statement day later or gives an interview or something. It was like, oh, yeah, I fell. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I just hate it when his face just happened to be there with my stick in it. The full blunt of my cross-checking attempt i mean fall was <laughs> on his throat and face i especially found it hilarious that steve levy you know i mean he's espn guy he's not he, a he's hockey a, guy right he's allowed to, to he's a good play-by-play guy oh yeah um, absolutely but he's so he's allowed to say silly things like um calling it out of character uh, which could not be further from the truth to anyone who's seen Jamie Ben play hockey. He's done this so many times. He's such a piece of shit. Anybody who stands Jamie Ben, don't listen to this podcast. Because <laughs> if you haven't been listening, go back through our other episodes. We make fun of him a lot. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to continue to. Yeah. Because he's a pud. Um, and curiously... After he got suspended, um, Dallas played better without him. Yeah, won games. And then he came back, and guess what happened? Well. Guess what happened? It was two games. Yeah, he was suspended for two games. Dallas won both of those games. Guess what Mm -hmm. happened when he came back? Uh, They lost. They fucking lost. And, I mean, I think that's also just the function of desperation, right? Like, but maybe he's just also old and slow and taking up space. Him and Tyler Sagan's not even old, and he's just kind of taking up space. I mean, Sagan at least had a very significant hip injury and has looked better lately. Um, Ben sets a physical tone and is good near the net, but I don't know. I'm, I, yeah, I kind of disagree with Dallas fans that all seem to think that he's still bringing something valuable to that team. I'm just like, give your young players some space. And I mean, like Wyatt Johnston announced himself to the world this year, this series, this, this season playoff. Um, He should have been in the Calder conversation. Like he put up just as many goals as Maddie Beniers did in the, in the regular season, um, he wasn't quite the force he was. He didn't play as big of a role on his team, um, but that's because he doesn't have to. Right. His team had bigger stars, more personalities. His team has like players with contracts that are more than $5 million. Yeah. Um, Name the second biggest player on Seattle. Yanni Gord. <laughs> I mean, I think isn't like Jaden Schwartz, the biggest contract probably um jason robertson had an up and down series up and down playoffs but he scored a golazo uh in game four um he's a really interesting character because he kind of like disappears for moments on the ice and then all of a sudden 
you see that he's rattled off like seven shots. Um, he, I think he hit the post like five times in one game in the, uh, in the Vegas series. Yeah. Or no, whoever they played before Vegas. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of all we have to say about this series because Vegas handled Dallas pretty well. Um, one is interested in comparing how, uh, Dallas fared against Vegas versus how Florida will fare against Vegas or has fared right in, in the rest of the series. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really overshadowed by this, this Jamie Ben dirty play. Like that's, that's what the big takeaway from this series is like, uh, Jamie Ben's an asshole. Uh, that's all you need to know. Confirmed yet again. And obviously like, again, based off on, based off of his response after the game is we know you're not sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Uh, did we just make Jamie Ben Russian? It's th- uh, sorry. That was a, a reference to um, an SNL bit <laughs> in which uh, it, it is uh, Ivanka Trump um, saying, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I, but yeah, uh, sorry. Right over my head. It's, uh, it's okay. That happens frequently. So I wanted to get into the most iconic penalties um, because Nothing is more iconic these days than a Jamie Benton cross check. Uh, he's ended seasons. He's he hurt that perfect, beautiful baby boy, Dylan Larkin. Right. He can find that space between the C four and C five vertebrae more better than he can find a clitoris. And uh, so, I just want to appreciate Jamie Ben in the pantheon of the most iconic penalties. Um, So I'm just going to throw a couple out here. Feel free to join me. But I think Jamie Ben cross check. I don't know. Might be one of the most iconic penalties of all time. Like PK Subban is known for the slew foot. PK Slubon to some people. (laughs) Yeah. Too bad. His career ended a little early and we couldn't get like another four or five of them. But we've got him on NHL, on ESPN now, and he's like the only good thing about yeah, that broadcast. If only he would slew foot Chris Chelios on air. Um, <clears throat> you got the Sean Avery unsportsmanlike. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's iconic. If it's, if he's not talking shit, he's waving his stick in the goaltender's face. Um, or just being a douchebag and beating up a homeless person. Uh, which, I mean, haven't we all? No, no, <laughs> we have not. In fact, most of us, a significant proportion of the, or a significant portion of the human population has not. Sean Avery, however, done it. Duncan Keith was pretty iconic with some slashers there for a couple of years. I'm reminded of the time that late in the season in the fantasy playoffs, he slashed the shit out of Daniel Sedin. I think he two-handed him. And I had both of them on my team. Sadine got, got injured and Keith got suspended. But that was like one of like three or four times that Duncan Keith just like went and 
sword smacked somebody went, like Shay Theodore did to Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> went full lumberjack. Yeah. Like just, I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. You are a sturdy oak and I am Duncan Keith. <laughs> yep. Uh, and, uh, and then no, uh, list of iconic penalties would be complete without Gordie Howe known for the Gordie Howe hat trick goal and assist in a fight. I think more iconic of he didn't get penalized for it so much, but he's more known for his elbowing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They used to have a, a he used to have a the Gordie Howe Cafe in downtown Detroit. Oh yeah. And they sold shirts that said I got elbowed at the Gordie Howe Cafe. Ah, I didn't know. Uh, See, this was, is why this is why we need the Detroit was, angle. He was a, an original uh uh like the the original king of shithousery like yeah i always say throwing bows like carl malone but maybe we need to edit that yeah you know i'm trying to take up his mantle by doing dirty things and getting away with them like i did on <laughs> monday um and you know it's Gord, like gordy was definitely always down for a fight like don't don't get me wrong but i think more people feared the elbow than getting face punched by Gordy <laughs> fear the elbow. Um, but if you've ever seen that photo of him sport fishing with his shirt off, <laughs> you understood you did not fuck with Gordy. Howe. yeah, I, dude uh, was cut in an era when nobody was cut. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, so speaking of cut con Smythe, um, maybe the, the opposite of what we just talked about, <laughs> Who do you got at this point? Because there's a lot of candidates. I mean, there's more candidates for the Con Smythe than there are like Republican presidential nominees. Can I just say Dreisaitl? <laughs> the dude who got knocked out in the second round, but still leads the playoffs in goals. Yeah. Uh, that's why he's still on the list. Yeah. It's crazy. I predicted this and I hope it comes to pass. I'm not sure. There's no way it happens, but if it did, it would be incredible. Yeah, Kachuk leads in points. Oh, Kachuk, no, Kachuk finally passed Rupe Hints for goals. M- or Dreisaitl? Because wasn't Rupe behind Dreisaitl still by like a goal or two? I could be wrong. Yeah, uh, Marcheseau has equaled Dreisaitl in goals. No, oh, okay. So, unfortunately, <laughs> what I was hoping would happen, Dreisaitl... <clears throat> scoring more goals than anybody in the playoffs in only two rounds um, is apparently no more. So he can, only, he can only get, he can only tie, but this series going a little bit longer does not portend good things for that prediction. Um, yeah. Elsewhere in cons, watch. I mean, I just mentioned Matt Kachuk. He's, punched his star card ticket this playoffs whether being on nba on tnt or scoring overtime goals the dude has been everywhere and doing a really good job of it the first two games of this series might have wiped out his con smythe it might have because um, it's just punched vegas's con ticket but yeah. i don't know game three i he did he had the late game time goal because of course he did i I, if Florida comes back and wins this, it's got to be him or Bob. But I, 
after the first two games, I don't know if the NHL will actually give him the cons. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Um, Cause I mean, obviously Vegas looks like the better team right now and, but it's really hard to pick who is most deserving off their squad. Is it Eichel? Is it Marsha? So the Aiden Hill, right? Like Aiden Hill is the surprise that has really driven the bus, but Eichel's the power of that team. And Marsha so has been an assassin. I'm curious to see where the rest of the series is going to go. I guess this is just sort of a throw up to say like, Anything's possible. Kevin Garnett. Who knows? Enough of like the on ice product. Well, for yeah. the most part. Let's turn into the handsome hockey variety show. Quick hits it is. Ba bum bum Better quick hits than Matthew Kachuk. Ah. Um Or worse. Yes. <laughs> in the case of Andrew Shaw. Starting with the shitty. Um yeah, Andrew Shaw said some shit on a podcast interview that was essentially victim blaming Kyle beach. Um, and one of the things that, you know, bothers me about the whole Blackhawk situation is that, you know, Brent Sopel noted magnanimous individual, um, who I didn't realize this, uh, is the only person to bring the Stanley cup into a pride parade. Happy Pride Month, by the way, people. Yeah, Um, Brent Sopel also said, you know, the Kyle Beach abuse was a bit of an open secret and a lot of other players knew about it and taunted Beach on ice uh, in practices uh, for something he was suffering. And I think it's fair to say that Andrew Shaw was probably one of those people. (laughs) Like, he uh, said that, you know, he wouldn't allow this, the same thing to happen to him. I think Kyle Beach is larger and stronger than Andrew Shaw. Yeah. Um, Andrew Shaw, notable um, suspendee for homophobic slurs in the penalty box. Um, Also, curiously, I think was a, 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 like a pride representative or something at some point, because this league is a shit show. But uh, yeah, he, he had some pretty horrible things to say on, on a podcast. And, and I think, not enough attention has been brought to the fact that, that you know, someone that I used to like is just like shown the world his whole asshole. Especially Andrew Shaw was like a player in your like relative youth and fandom. Mm-hmm. And so, and we have a like certain adoration for those people and we don't think about, or most people don't think about the type of person that we're rooting for. And oftentimes it's not known what type of person we're rooting for. And then, uh, they suddenly find themselves to be irrelevant and try and make themselves relevant again. And this is what you get, right? This is like the, this is like the post canceling of Louis CK moment, right? Well, I don't even think it's that, contrived i mean I, I don't think he was maybe looking for the limelight i think he just spoke honestly that revealed shitty thoughts and opinions <laughs> like kyle beach actually brought andrew shaw into his home in rockford illinois and uh, when he was a, a draftee and like supported him before his first paychecks from the blackhawks came in or the ice hogs or whatever and uh 
Yeah, then then Andrew Shaw has the gall to say, obviously, I don't know what was going on with Kyle, but he put himself in a bad situation. You just don't say that about someone that is a victim of sexual assault. Like, I'm sorry. He, like, went to Aldrich's house and, like, showed him his butthole. Like, what do you even mean, put himself in a bad situation? Right. Like, he had it coming because that's how he was dressed? Like, fuck you, Andrew Shaw. Like, there's, yeah, exactly. there's no... The, like, that isn't even a logical statement. Mm-hmm. And he said, as a 20-year-old, I would have never put myself in the situation Kyle was in. I mean, Kyle was groomed by a coach with power over him and uh, cajoled into doing things that he didn't want to do to save his career. Because of threats made to his career. Right. And so... um yeah, it it's incredibly like it's at at best tone deaf and like but probably more on the malicious malevolent side. I don't know. It, yeah. it just it's I it's, used to I I I just I hate it cuz I used to sort of like this dude. You know, yeah. he he was really entertaining, scrappy likable player in his playing days, uh retired too early, had a really good retirement kind of thing around him. And then in my I it, like <laughs> He did the the headbutt goal, which is one of my favorite, like, not allowed goals next to the the puck that went on a five, Tim Peel's nuts. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just, I hate continually having to turn my back on players I used to like. It's not fun. And, uh... I hope a lot of people feel the same way. This is toxic masculinity is what it is. Mm, it's absolutely. Like, I'm so tough that this would have never happened to me. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's showboating. It's, it's, it's the equivalent of the, the big truck on with a lift kit that you can't even carry a piece of plywood in the fucking bed of like, right. It, it, it makes a big show, but it doesn't actually function as you intended it and it it's really sad like i i like on a certain level i feel sad that andrew shaw is so fragile that he has to say these things because this is what it is it's mm-hmm. fragility it's male it's white hetero frail magility or frail magility <laughs> frail masculinity magilla frailty magilla blah, 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 blah. It's Andrew Shaw being a fragile, weak man. Yeah, and piling on uh, something that that doesn't need to be piled on. It just like really underscores how I'm fucking done with this team. You know that it. it, I did have that kind of feeling in the background when this came out. It was like, yes, you made the right decision in just kind of disavowing this whole fucking franchise you grew up liking because. It just shows again, like rotten to the core, rotten to the core. And um, this is probably a good point to pivot to the fact that they're kicking the tires on Joel Quinville and and the GM that got way more credit than he deserved. <laughs> yeah. Like it, Stan Bowman is one of the ultimate Nepo babies. 
Yeah. In all of sports. His dad forever. is the best NHL coach, maybe the best coach of all time. Not only that, Stanton really built those teams. Dale Talon did. Yeah. Dale Talon drafted or traded for all of those stars. And then they handed the keys to Stan when it was when the team was essentially already established. It's basically they were like, we want Scotty around. So, yeah, sure, Stan, come hang out. Or right. It, it, and like name one thing with the Blackhawks that's more powerful than nepotism because you have a, a you know, a family of warts is just farting off into the distance and like making making dumb decisions after dumb decisions for two generations and then like the second you hand it to the youngest one who maybe knows what the fuck he's doing you fuck him over by declaring that you don't care about this this crazy scandal that you just endured like propagated right yeah uh Fuck the Chicago hockey team. They're the worst franchise in the league. Uh, They're like the Washington commanders of, but I mean, the commanders sold. Yeah. (laughs) At least the commanders can fucking change their racist mascot. Well, and that's the funny thing too, is uh, the commanders, they, um, they lost a bid for um, a trademark on the name. And so they're going to have to change their fucking name again. Nice. I mean, I think it's an opportunity, to be honest. Commander sucked as a name. It did. And then you can just completely move on from the Dan Snyder era. Yeah. Because, I mean, not only did they never win anything or even really come close to winning anything under Dan Snyder, uh, everything sucked. So, uh, hopefully we can see some sort of weird turnaround with the Blackhawks. I mean, they're an original six team, so a lot of people will give them a pass for just that fact alone. Yeah, and and now they're getting bedard and... Yeah, but you know what? Fuck them. Just fuck that whole city. I mean, franchise. That whole (laughs) franchise. Uh, yeah, I always got to like peel back the layers of Jake hatred towards Chicago. It's like, yeah, what's what's just the it's mostly towards the sports team. Chicago is a fine city. I, I wouldn't know. live there, but I'm fine with visiting. Uh, right, But to compare your, your Columbus hatred. I mean, really, we're just Chicago's in the top five, <laughs> I'd say, especially if you keep if you keep sports in the mix, then it's like probably a close two. But uh I could just like yeah. name suburbs of Detroit and maybe you'll hate them more. No. What are you going to like go after Roseville now? <laughs> Warren Township. I've spent a considerable amount of time in Warren Township and it's not bad. <laughs> um, speaking of bad to not bad, they decided to throw another lifetime achievement award at gary bettman for some fucking reason do you want it's, I, it's because the jeans he wear wore are closest to a cowboy mm, ah perfect <laughs> i'm going deep into the 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 disco the songography yeah um i don't know like 
the NHL has grown and they keep patting themselves on the back, but it's not even it, like it pales in comparison to the growth of the NBA, which is probably its closest comparable league and uh, pales in comparison to the NFL and like just barely outpaces the growth of what's considered to be the moribund major league baseball team uh, uh, league. Like, I don't understand why they keep trotting out Gary like he's the fucking Pope to just give him another random award. Because they don't have anything better to do. <laughs> Since we're on this like trend of shittiness, uh, mm. let's go. The, uh, the IIHF World Championships happened while we were away. Which was interesting to watch a bunch of like NHLers that are also Rams try and get their feet under them uh, with a bunch of young punks that are just barely drafted and about to cut their teeth in the league. Um, it's always an interesting tournament. Sure. And I mean, maybe most notable for Germany and Latvia's success. Um, that was the the fun part of the tournament. This was the unfun part. Uh, well, outside of the U S being incredible for like 12 games and then falling apart <laughs> in the semifinals. Uh, yeah, the, uh, uh, what is it? The U S hasn't won the, the world championship since like 1933 or something like that. For real. It's yeah. been that fucking long. Yeah. Ooh, hard to say USA best, uh, <laughs> we best need, hockey. Country. Uh, well in women's we're, hockey, we're number one, USA mm-hmm. number one. Uh, no, the, so the incident happened when Canada was playing Switzerland. Uh, there was a scrum on the boards, along the boards, uh, and on the boards. They were just on top of the boards, hugging the glass. No, uh, <laughs> they were along the boards. And Joe Valeno, uh, noted Red Wing, uh, who does have a bit of a history of... Um, being a little bit of a prick. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't remember the specifics, but he like got in trouble for juniors for doing some really kind of shitty things. And, uh, cause everything that I saw from like the red wings beat writers are like, he's like one of the most mild mannered people we know he of is. in the room. <laughs> he, ab- no, he absolutely is. But he's um, like one of those people that just loses his shit on, on the, the ice. Red wings. Yeah. He won. 100% is, but he has a bit of a temper. It kind of just blew up in one of the like more grotesque ways. As we all know, hockey players skate around with weapons on their feet. And there's kind of a very strict code of, you know, not using them as weapons. Mm hmm. Uh, you'll occasionally see people get cut on accident, but yeah, absolutely. He stomped on another player's ankle. It was, uh, it was, leg, uh, whatever, uh, Nino Niederreiter. Nino, yeah. Right. Um, in an obvious attempt to injure him. Yeah. And yeah. There was nothing, uh, there was nothing, uh, subtle about it. Subtle about <laughs> he it. He just fucking went for it. And like, thank goodness that it didn't come to injury. You know, it, I think this all would have been 
much, much worse for everyone involved if he had actually like cut with his skate. But yeah, thankfully, skates don't exactly cut that way. And a lot of players are wearing, you know, protective socks these days. And like he just he mostly kind of just stomped on the shin pad. Right. And that's not me saying that it's acceptable. That's just me saying like it was we got lucky. Yeah. And credit to Nito Niederreiter. Like he said, you know, all of the right things as sort of the victim and, and like, but also stood up for himself and, and got himself a penalty standing up to, to Valeno. Um, Fantilli also threw a big hit in the tournament. And so everyone's talking about like, Oh, the violence coming from Michigan. Uh, yeah, what people don't really realize about Adam Fantilli is that he's a big boy, and he is. I it, like, and he plays the game like a big boy. Like he's he's definitely not for the weak of heart. Uh, and I honestly, I think that's what's going to get him picked number two over Leo Carlson is that he has size and he's not afraid. Like his game translates immediately to the NHL. Yeah. More, maybe even more so than Connor Bedard's, um, is Connor Bedard probably going to be the better player? Yes. And does Connor Bedard have like the most outrageous offensive skill we've seen in since maybe Connor McDavid? Yes. But he is, he is definitely, Adam Fantilli, that is, is definitely, like, if not at NHL ready, he's very close. And so he he got a, like, a fighting misconduct or, a, like, a five and a ten in at Michigan. And people were like, oh, <laughs> he can't even win the Hobie Baker now. He's clearly just a hothead. And it's like, no, he's just huge. Yeah, and also. um bigger than most college players. And that's as a 18-year-old. And, like, Hobie Baker himself probably fought a fucker. Like, that was the dumbest thing ever. Just people, like, grabbing pearls around Fantilli fighting once in college. Um, a team that would love Fantilli's services that can't seem to like get out of its own way these days, Arizona Coyotes. Um, they're not great to play for. According to several accommodations and travel complaints made to the NHLPA, um, and also Clayton Keller's dad maybe uh, got on Twitter. Um, he hasn't come out and said he was hacked yet, but it appears he was hacked by like maybe ambient and alcohol or something. <laughs> um, the dangerous. Uh, they're like the new yeah anonymous right, right. yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, my account was hacked by pharmaceuticals. Um, and then in totally unrelated news, uh, Logan Cooley draftee of the coyotes is going to stay in college another year and play for larger crowds than he would as a professional. Yeah. I, I mean, he's at Minnesota, so I'm sure he's having a great fucking time being a hockey player there. Name a better combo than being hockey player at the university of Minnesota. It's hard. Right. I mean, 
you know, enough to keep you from being a professional hockey player at Arizona State. Um, there are rumors that Adam Fantilli is coming back to college as well, which would I'm, be sweet. Yeah, you would you would stay hard for more than four hours would, if that happened. I would blow a gasket, <laughs> like blow an O ring. Is that a challenger reference? I but like, if you're if you're a franchise that can't convert on your star talent joining the fucking team, how are you ever going to compete? Well, like, how is this Arizona experiment ever going to work if they just can't get the people they draft to come and play for the damn team? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing here is that it was leaked by the Logan Cooley camp mm-hmm. that the reason he was returning was because all of the bullshit that's going on in Tempe. The Logan Cool Kids, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Oh, I love the cool kids back in the day. <laughs> Especially with all of the expansion noise, you know, surrounding Houston, Atlanta, like Salt Lake City, Salt Lake City. Everyone's like, what about Quebec? And what about Quebec? And Gary's like, yeah, you guys watch no matter if you have a team or not. So we're not giving you a team. Yeah. Also, we're going to do Atlanta again. Yeah. And I mean. I can see the reasoning behind it. Well, here's the thing. Phoenix is the fifth largest market in the United States. Mm-hmm. Or somewhere in that f- yeah, four the, to eight range. The problem is over half of the people are like above 85. Like it, it's just. <laughs> and most of them don't give a shit about the coyotes. Or live there most of the year. Yeah, there is that. The The snowbirds are. But the snowbirds are there during hockey season. Yeah, they should call the team the snowbirds oh, just to like help. That would have been wild and wonderful. Um, I don't know. They they cannot be long for staying there. Like it just it doesn't work on so many levels. Tempe said, "No, fuck you. We are not going to build this arena for you," even though the deal is not. Not the worst deal that a city's ever put forth for an arena. It wasn't um, bad, yeah. No, I mean, there were some issues. I wouldn't have done it because I don't think billionaires should get funded for any fucking anything, but sure. Sure. It just doesn't seem like it's going to work there for a more for more reasons than it should work. Because, like, if you say, you know, on your face, like, what the NHL has done in terms of, like, building you know, building hockey there. Like it should have worked better by now than it has. Well, they can't find competent ownership. They can't find competent ownership. They can't stay in a fucking stadium to save their life. Any number of reasons. And like, you could just move the franchise and all of those things will go away. So it's, it's a little crazy. Um, Speaking of not working anymore. Yeah. Kyle Dubas got fired by Toronto. And this is how long we've been away because he's also been rehired uh, I or mean, hired again. That also happened in the course of a week. Uh, it was like three weeks. The week being something that he highlighted in his Toronto press conference that apparently got him fired, uh, which was, yeah, I'm not going to turn up somewhere else in a week. And he was hired by the Penguins like two weeks later. He shouldn't have gotten fired in Toronto. I don't think he's Probably the problem. Not. It seems like he had a rift with Brennan Shanahan. Which 
is probably the last person I'd want to have a rift with. For Dude sure. Is tough as nails. Well, also his boss. Yeah, I mean, uh, Dubas is is unquestionably like a good GM. One of the people in pro sports that you can tell like actually gives a shit about other people. Yeah, the dude navigated the last four years with the or three years with the cap issues better than probably anybody. I mean, he did cause some of his cap issues by paying guys who should be paid for the most. Yeah. The John Tavares thing hasn't worked out as well as they would have hoped, but like, are you going to not pay Austin Matthews? Like I'm more talking about like their whole like emergency goalie thing because they were up against the cap this year. Like, Oh, we need to bring in randos off the street because we can't even pay to bring up our own AHLers. Like, yeah, but at the same time, like that's a fluke occurrence. Sure. And also like you have a s- superb stable of forwards that you have to pay. Uh you could say like maybe Morgan Riley's an overpay. Um but like Austin Matthews's contract is probably under market value. Yeah. So, like he put together a good team that just couldn't quite get over yeah. the hump and in that market that's not good enough i mean the the toronto market is a buzzsaw and i'm sure kyle dubas is happy to move not all that far away to a market that cares about hockey but isn't just psychos like toronto absolutely and toronto is the hardest market in the nhl even more so than montreal uh even more so than Boston, Detroit, Chicago, the Rangers. Yeah, because in Montreal, you can at least ignore everything said in French. I can't understand you. What? Or said in English. (laughs) Uh, Either way, it works. Um, Toronto is just uniquely toxic. You know, the people that like ran Nazem Kadri out on a rail, ran Phil Kessel out on a rail. Both of whom have won cups. Kind of ridiculous. Shall we just like run through the rest of the NHL? Well, my my transition was going to be... Kyle Dubas got hired. Here's a bunch of other people who got hired. Mm-hmm. Um, Entering into the GM chat as well is uh, Craig Conroy, hired by the Flames. The GM chat thing has been kind of novel. That's very interesting. It's like, wonderful. And like, the, it, I hope they like kicked Kyle Dubas out and then we're like, actually, uh, back. and Brad Tree Living. They were like, uh, hey, uh, no take backsies. Sorry, buds. Right. It's like a billionaire boys club and they're like you'll be back get yourself a drink at the bar but you gotta hang out in the back alley for a you bit. gotta be in the fucking lobby for a bit <laughs> yeah. like the gm chat apparently all nhl gms have a, a whatsapp chat that they that they started because shit was going public that they had said and so they got a like uh, a an app that is is protected but shit still leaks out of it so like you know including the fact that it exists so you know that at least some of the gms in there are spilling the beans and right. you know who is probably not in that chat at all steve fucking Eiserman. <laughs> that guy is like no you want to talk to me you call me or better yet i'll call you and maybe the gms are like no maybe he's the guy spilling the beans maybe he's just like that's he, he's fuckers the are idiots screenshot media <laughs> yeah yeah it, they're like steve we can tell that it came from your phone he's like i don't have a phone 
Like, I want to know who's the like top shit poster in the chat. It's got to be like it was Chuck Fletcher, but <laughs> and not because like he was like making fun of people, but because people were like, yeah, okay, Chuck, yeah, <laughs> you fucking idiot. It's probably Bill Guerin. He's funny. He's kind of a he's kind of a jokester. Lou Lamorello can be fucking hilarious. He doesn't know what WhatsApp is. <laughs> he doesn't he even, doesn't have, even a have a smartphone. <laughs> He has a flip phone and he's like T9 texting Zach Parise, which is great because Zach Parise only has T9 on his phone, too. Mm. So we hinted at Brad Tree Living is the new GM in Toronto, replacing Kyle Dubas, who had recently been fired by Calgary, who now hired Craig Conroy. So they're all on the fucking WhatsApp together. Brad, Brad Tree Living was tree killed and rendered tree dead by... Uh by calgary but he was trevived tree resuscitated mm-hmm. rumor has it that all the goth girls in toronto got together and uh, made a seance to revive him that's good i, I you know i kudos to goth girls for saving the the yeah movies. i mean where would the nhl be without goth girls andrew burnett hired by the preds this is probably the best hire of the offseason so far for sure i mean the dude that brought florida to a president's cup and then went to new jersey was their wonderkind of a power play coordinator new jersey immediately got way better including winning what was it 18 games in a row or something like that at one point already good new jersey team and i saved lindy ruff's job mm -hmm. and so yeah he got hired by the preds uh fun fact andrew burnett is the first player to score a goal for the national predators so it's like a homecoming um i am so glad i'm going to keep juicy saros as my as my goalie in fantasy this year also the uh the caps made a good hire uh they hired leafs assistant spencer carberry as their head coach uh, apparently he has the nickname uh coach carbs which reportedly has nathan mckinnon in shambles greg cronin was hired as the new head coach of the anaheim ducks clear cronenism he uh has been a kind of a career AHL coach and uh, NHL assistant coach. This is his first head gig, head coaching gig in the NHL, uh, which shows that the NHL can sometimes hire new coaches. Wow. Uh, Fancy that. Well, like, I mean, we got, we get, uh, no way a disciple of Steve Eiserman hired a new coach steve eiserman who hired Derek lalonde who had never been a coach who hired john cooper is now the longest tenured coach in the nhl uh who was a fucking high school hockey coach when i was in high school and cut my best friend from his high school hockey team like no feelings it, there. it's no oh no it's fucking hilarious are you kidding me when the when the leafs won the cup i called him and was like hey at least you can now say that you were cut by a, a cup winning coach and he was like, this still isn't funny. <laughs> that is great. That uh, is great. There are people in the game who are thinking the game who uh, in new ways, in vibrant ways, in progressive ways, uh, both on and off the ice. And yet Columbus. So, um, <laughs> it, hey, man, they, they went back to that pool of 200 hockey men. Yeah. Um, Speaking of 200 hockey men. Chris Chelios has been canned by ESPN. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Reportedly, P.K. Subban slew-footed him. So fucking unwatchable. 
Yeah, he he just kind of looked like an over tan bit of blah. He wasn't that much worse than Mark Messier, but he was worse than Mark. But Messier. the bar is so low. If not worse than Mark <laughs> yeah. Messier is your bar, right? And ESPN is in a big cost cutting thing because well in this economy yeah um because disney is getting sued by the state of florida every three days <laughs> uh i will say this um chris chelios is probably the long the the long-term red wing that i give a shit the least about and it's not because he's like done anything bad or anything he's just kind of boring well, it's also because he was a Blackhawk for so long. Oh, yeah. They, like, that's got to count him. And I was him, like, right? and I was like, eh. and like he was good with the wings. And he won two cups there. Like no discredit to him. But like he is like to his credit, he is responsible for the uh, one of the best SB comedy bits of all time with uh, Samuel L. Jackson playing Jules from pulp fiction as a hockey coach <laughs> i don't remember that but i'm going to look it up after we're done watching oh yeah recording. we are going there instantly because it's fucking hilarious i mean and but the the way that bit works is because chris chelios is like a boring ass hockey man talking about his head coach that is jules from pulp fiction <laughs> and so like it, the same things that work for that bit being funny or what worked against him in broadcast journalism because like broadcast journalism isn't for anybody like you you yeah. gotta be able to you have to be personable and like just hold a screen hold content like it it is interesting who works out in broadcast journalism versus who doesn't like gretzky panning out next to fucking like paul bissonette Anson Carter and Henrik Lundqvist could show you like, yeah, it's real random. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like puck luck. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Happy trails to Chris Chelios. He hasn't needed to do a whole lot. Um, Just he was enjoy your life. You're he fine. was probably the issue is he was getting probably paid a whole lot to do this. Oh, and, absolutely. Um, yeah. ESPN wasn't worth it. out tons of money for their right. Whereas folks. they could probably like trot out some theater major intern. They just hired off a college campus and that person would be more entertaining. Yeah. A couple of quick notes. Uh, Cole Caulfield got paid uh, eight by eight point something under eight is like seven and a half. Um, eight years though. And it, it's a really interesting it's a bet of a contract, right? They're betting he's going to be a star player that they can get under contract at a discount by acting early. Yeah, 7.85. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is how you build a championship team is you get good deals for your star players. And taking a bet on Cole Caulfield being worth 7.85 million is probably a solid bet. Uh, you're probably just betting against injuries for a small dude like that's that's the the bet right yeah i think it's curious that caulfield would take this contract honestly exactly that's another angle that that needs to be discussed uh especially with the cap rising probably rising i mean we don't know it's gonna rise like they haven't actually 
Well, they the, haven't brought it up yet. Like it, just everyone's assuming. Well, this year it's not going to. But after this year, I think like the escrow mm-hmm. payment is paid off. Yeah, baby. And so if you stay with me another year, my escrow payments are going to be so good. Oh, baby. I'm sorry. I'm so bad to you. Oh, hey, girl. I think Caulfield probably bought low on himself here. Yes. It's still a shit ton of money. Like, don't get me wrong. It's still like, what? 60 million dollars over the next eight years right he can go to a montreal strip club and just live there now he can like buy property anywhere but the west coast (laughs) Uh, he can afford a small house in toronto yeah exactly (laughs) uh so like it's it's awesome that He's got this contract. He's got the stability. He's got that guaranteed money, especially in the NHL where contracts are like very much guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Like you go and get paid regardless sort I mean, of thing. He probably knowing him, he probably said, yeah, I'll do a team friendly deal in order to build a winning team. And, it, you know, apparently no one can get paid more than Nick Suzuki, which is weird. Uh, yeah. Like, strange. But that's Montreal for you, baby. Speaking of those escrow payments and the things that the NHL is doing to make them better, they've announced two outdoor games to be played in uh, New Jersey next year. New Jersey versus Philadelphia and Rangers Isles. So just a full metropolitan area Rochambeau. Uh, Easy to say that like New Jersey's going to murder Philadelphia, but Rangers Island is outside. Like, that's fun. Why don't, like, New York should just have an outdoor game every year. Rangers Isles. This raises a question. What? Are we over outdoor games? No. Until I, like, go to one and it actually sucks. Like, no. (laughs) I love the... The, the vibe, the camera angle, just that, that it's different for a game. Like What I would rather see is NHL games in classic college hockey barns. Even if so it's preseason. Like, yeah, some like play at Minnesota. Shit. Play at at Yoast in Ann Arbor. Play at BU in BC. Like, well, that's what Seattle did, is they went and did like essentially an old school barnstorming tour through all of the WHL barns which are probably smaller than the Minnesota high school hockey barns. So, yeah, I think that's such a great idea. I know we're sending a bunch of teams to Europe again this year, including the Red Wings, but, like, your preseason games should be more fun. And I understand You mean not in why. Australia? Uh, ne- uh, Come down to Australia. I'm so fucking over Australia. And we I'll got big-ass spiders in the penalty box. I'll tell you why I'm over Australia. Because my wife watches my wonderful amazing incredible wife uh she doesn't listen it's okay uh, no like she's all of those things but (laughs) she watches one of her picadellos is she watches shitty television sure uh and she has watched uh married at first sight australia oh yeah that show is crazy australians are the shittiest fucking creatures. They are It'd be nice. They are the Russians of the former United Kingdom. Be nice. They have they have to deal with living in Jurassic Park. Every single one of 
the the fucking people on this show is so f- disturbingly fake. Like, yeah, but that's true for all the versions of the show. Both? No, 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 no. Both from a personality and a like physical appearance standpoint. At least like the American and the English version are like they're at least humans. Mm-hmm. Like the Australian version is a bunch of clown cars <laughs> injected with Botox. It's a bunch of spiders thrown and into thrown into a pit. And film that are like dance Muppets. <laughs> it's the worst fucking thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I know that sounds hyperbolic, not hyperbolic. <laughs> it's fucking horrific. Like now I'm gonna like go out and like actively watch it's it. It's so bad. And like you're gonna like, you're gonna watch it and you're gonna come to hockey one night and you'll be like, I shouldn't watch that. <laughs> and I'll be like, I'll be like, you got that deer in headlights for like you got PTSD, bud. I've seen things that shouldn't be seen. That show has made me question whether or not we really need Australia in general. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like Florida, the world, but worse. Like <laughs> because it? the because the people in Australia have money, and with their money, mm. they inject things into their face. And like I'm just here in Florida. It's here. fucking terrible, <laughs> and I I I'm over Australia. I'm over I'm over a lot of things. We're about to get a bunch of New Zealand listens. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Bring it, Kiwis. We got your back. You're not nearly as bad. Speaking of bad, mm-hmm. the Sherwood Ice Arena. One of our local ice arenas. It's it's one of three rinks in the Portland metro area. And it's in fire sale. It is uh going to the lowest bidder. To which we will uh, bid. One dollar, Bob. One dollar. Maybe two. Uh, if I can, I got to clean out my couch soon, And you know so. what's going to be fucked up? It's when that bid works. We're going to win. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, well, and also, uh, the screenplay writes itself. We bought an ar- a nice arena. Uh, and, like, Matt Damon brings his NHL buddies in. And it's like... Uh, uh, Jeff Bookaboom and uh, no, we need NHL no, players yeah, that people have actually. No, that's Jeff Carter. That's just his drug dealer name. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, Jeff Carter and he brings uh, the he brings some good Bookaboom. Brad Richards, yes, the yeah. two two dudes that Loki got busted with coke. Yeah, and like uh, that's maybe Gary Bettman's most impressive fucking. Thing, oh, was making that whole scandal go away. Just fucking disappear, <laughs> like. He's like, we dealt with this in the 80s. I got it. <laughs> he put that Studio 54 experience to use. Gary Bettman wore fucking dad jeans to Studio 54. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, did, he showed up at the door and the bouncer was like, dad bell bottoms. The, the bouncer was like, no. Nah. <laughs> Those nah. Lee dungarees from the future are not welcome here. Not a fucking chance, Gary. <laughs> And Gary was like, please, I'm cool. I run an NFL or I run a major sports league. And they're like, nah. They're like, Keith Keith fucking Richards is in here. You think I'm going to let you in here wearing your fucking dad jeans when Keith Richards is in here doing blow off of a fucking hand railing? No. <laughs> no, Gary, if that is your real name, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Anyways, Sherwood Ice Arena, uh, if you live in the Portland metropolitan area and you want to own an ice rink, have at it. I think that can make a good sitcom. That's all we got for today. Thank you 
so much for paying attention. Um, we are going to bring this episode to a lawn and drawing out clothes like it's Pat Robertson's life. Uh, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Uh, Happy Pride, everybody. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know what? Heaven said to Pat Robertson, "Not here. We are never, ever, ever <laughs> getting back together." <laughs> well played. Stay handsome, everybody. Oh shit, I forgot all the other stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, no, no, we gotta, we gotta do the the find us things, right? Okay, fine. that we forgot to put in the script. Yeah, classic. Um, we should we could just riff them off. Yeah, uh, we are at Handsome Hockey on Twitter, uh, Handsome Hockey Pod on Instagram, at Handsome Hockey at Gmail dot com. Yeah, Handsome Hockey Pod at Gmail. I'm Ron Burgundy. Uh, Handsome Hockey Facebook page. Yep. YouTube. Yes. Oh, shit, I should update that. If you go to YouTube and search Handsome Hockey, we're there. Mm-hmm. And also, if you see us in the Portland metro area, just say hi. We're, yeah, don't like face washes. We're affable people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we enjoy it. You know what? If you want to buy us a beer, we won't turn it down. No, and we'll probably like get the second round. Yeah, actually, that, no, knowing me, that I guarantee that We're going to get the second round a lot better than Toronto. Yeah. Oh, with that. Stay handsome, everybody. Restez beau, tout le monde.